Hey y'all, welcome back to a Monday, July 11th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods. Go check out all the great programs all across Blue Wire Pods today. If you've not already done so, long shot with uh, Duncan Robinson, Miami Heat Guard. We got uh, Greenlight with Chris Long, former uh, NFL defensive end. We got Spinsters with Haley O'Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins. Insight with Chris Van Fleet. All kinds of great programs all across our network. Wide receiver one with Chris Carter. Um, just all kinds of great programs all across the Blue Wire Pod Network, uh, along with the Chase Thomas Podcast. So thank you for making the Chase Thomas Podcast part of your daily listen, wherever and however you listen to the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. We are a daily show and uh, new episodes up on this feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however we get it every single day uh, outside of yesterday because, yeah, I went back home to Atlanta uh, for an engagement party over the weekend. So uh, took yesterday off, so I apologize on that front. But uh, this week jam packed, all kinds of big shows on the docket here on this uh, on this Monday edition to kick things off for another busy week here at the Chase Thomas Podcast. So very excited for this week and just the next several weeks to come uh, for the program. So with all that being said, uh, we get back into it with some uh, Major League Baseball talk. Yeah. Uh, we were able to talk a lot about um, what's going on. So Sunday night baseball here on the Chase Most Podcast, even this last night, but with Andrew Stoughton, who has a great Toronto Blue Jays blog, the bat flip that you can go check out at um, stoughton.substack.com or the batflip.ca. Um, all kinds of uh, great Blue Jays analysis over there. But we talked a lot about Blue Jays, what's going on there and why they're kind of on the playoff bubble in the AL and not kind of having the season that uh, most folks, not just uh, the folks in Toronto thought they would have losing Ryu for the year and him already. Sadly, it looks like he may have pitched his last game in Toronto. Um, Black Guerrero, Bo Bichette, what's going on with them this year um, and just kind of what they can do this summer to really bolster their pen and where they can go and kind of dive back into the this chase the AL East is uh, that one's over. Uh, I think the Yankees have got that one, but just solidifying themselves as they make a playoff run uh, and try and get in it this year and what they can do there. Uh, Nelson Cruz, does he make sense for the Mets? Josh Bell, uh, where does he make the most sense? Why trading both those guys if you're DC is a little more complicated when you factor in Juan Soto and then some big all star surprises. Ty France, uh, not getting the nod there, but all that and more. Coming up on this Monday, July 11th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. As always, don't forget, folks, you can watch this show. If you'd rather watch the program, then listen over at YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Um, we're over there. So if you prefer to watch the program, it's that easy, that simple. Check us out over there. Uh, you can read me at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Go uh, type in your email, become a subscriber today. That easy, that simple, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. You can always email this very program at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. One part on today's uh, Monday, July 11th edition here on the program. But without further ado, uh, here's the pod with Andrew for Monday. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas pod, the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. 
All right, we're back here on the Chasing Most Podcast, taping this late on a Sunday night where I am now joined by one of my favorite, favorite Toronto Blue Jays writers. He's got a great sub stack that you can go check out right now, and he's going to tell you about it. Andrew Stoughton is here. Andrew, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You're one of my favorites. Uh, your graphics are great. Uh, your articles are great. I love um i i tell folks all the time when i see like I, it, it warms my heart when i find new good team specific blogs because blogs aren't what they were 10 years mm-hmm. ago we don't have like i i grew up on the espn true hoop network and all the great nba blogs and all that and i just i miss it like i i miss all the great writing it's so much audio and it's like i want to i want to read and uh thankfully interested in exists to provide that very thing so how do, as we start here so for all the folks uh right out of the gate how do they check out your work subscribe all that good stuff yeah it's just my last name uh stoughton.substack.com or also the batflip.ca mm-hmm. uh is the easier one to remember it's ca being a you know canadian website that's how we do our dot coms up here <laughs> um and then i'm on twitter i'm just at andrew stoughton yeah well it's great i appreciate you joining me this evening um a couple blue jays starting in the major league all-star game that we'll get to in a second but i kind of want to start in terms of just what's going on in toronto right now andrew because (laughs) before the year it's such a weird thing because uh john taylor fangraphs and i we were like doing our preview series in the off season and Something about the AL East was just that, like, someone has to kind of have a rough go of it. And there's just too much talent, and we are we can't talk ourselves into all five of these teams. Where, I mean, we throw in five because the Orioles are out here a couple games under 500. Them yeah. being better than expected is a problem for some other AL East teams who are expecting big things. Where you're just like, all right, the Orioles are still a, a year or two away from even being a pest. And now they're not, and they're a little mm-hmm. bit ahead of schedule here. The Blue Jays dealing with, I mean, the Rays have fallen off a little bit, but the Yankees being absolute world beaters, no one saw coming. Like, no one, even Yankees fans, sought to be this extent and this crazy where the division's wrapped up in June. But the Blue Jays were the team where people were like, before last season ended and their season, their postseason did not happen. It was like, everybody's happy that they didn't find their way in. Like, nobody wanted to play the Blue Jays in the postseason, and that was something that was everyone was excited about. And now, playoffs are a question mark. Playoffs are not a certainty in Toronto this year, and I don't really understand what's going on in Toronto. So explain this to me, Andrew, because I was all in and I thought they could win the AL. They were my AL East winner pick before the year. Yeah, uh, a lot of people and a lot of people are not handling the uh, the their inability to meet expectations uh, very well around mm. here. Um, yeah, that's the big question. What's what is going on? I mean. Uh, part of it, we're talking at a, at a moment where, you know, the Orioles are kind of at their peak. The Jays are at like an ebb. It's been a really rough start to July. They haven't been, you know, as good as you would have expected in, the, you know, in April, May, June either. But those were winning months. You know, they were building towards something. It's all kind of spun out of control for them in the last, you know, week and a half or so. Um, but there were still there are still problems. The bullpen has been a problem for two years now, maybe longer, but like. Uh, 2020 was kind of like that was the Blue Jays arriving a little bit early. Uh, they don't have a lot of swing and miss back there. They don't have a lot, of, a lot of velocity back there. They don't have like the Rays kind of thing where they could just cycle guys down on, on options and bring them back up and just have like, or they don't have like just monstrous goons. It, 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 it's tough. They have some effective pitchers, but like you're relying on David Phelps, who isn't what he used to be and was never really an elite guy. And Adam Simber has been great and has logged some innings, but is not a swing and miss guy. You're, like there's a lot of contact suppression you're going to get out of him. 
Uh, Jordan Romano in the back of the back of the bullpen, the, the closer has been very good, but, uh, but yeah, getting a bridge to him has been really tough and it's been uh, a frustrating thing for the couple years uh, uh, to watch them not be able to do that. Uh, but it's not just that. I mean, the rotation has had its wobbles. Jose Barrios has, you know, signed a $130 million contract in the off season. And then, uh, you know, he's been better of late, but he's had a lot of rough starts. You say Kikuchi was kind of like a hubris signing that they did in, in, in mid-March, you know, and kind of hoped to recreate the magic of Robbie Ray or even just Steven Matz last year, which they did a great job of getting those guys to really, you know, got big contracts for both those guys. Mm-hmm. Matz was like a four-year, $44 million in St. Louis, deal in St. Louis. Cardinals might be regretting that one, like the Jays are regretting Kikuchi right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, he's got a neck strain, which seems to be their, their, the, the phantom injury du jour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, not not sure when we're going to see him again, but he just he could not locate his fastball at all. Like it was uh, it was really painful to watch, especially his last couple starts when it went sideways. So, uh, and that was an issue. The the pitching depth was an issue. They have Nate Pearson, a good prospect, who's kind of you know hit the injury skids forever, um, and and he's not really you know started the year with mono. Now he's got a lat strain. His careers has really never gotten off the ground, despite being like a top 10 prospect at one point, pitching in the futures game, throwing 100. It looked like he was going to be the future of the rotation. And that just hasn't happened. And there hasn't been a lot of guys in behind. Uh, they kind of have a gap. They have some really exciting guys in low A and high A now, I think, that they're, you know, as they're moving up the chain. But uh, but the guys in Buffalo who are getting called in because Barrios or, well, Barrios hasn't been hurt, but, you know, with the, the depth and the long man situation, Hyunjin Ryu got hurt. <laughs> There's a litany of things. I don't know. I, I don't know. That how that hasn't helped. And then, honestly, at the same time, you had hitting problems as well. Like Vlad hasn't been the guy he was last year. Bo Bichette hasn't been the guy he was last year. Uh, and you can kind of go down the list. So it's just been a listless season. It's not been, it's not been a lot of fun, but it's not, it's hard to like point fingers at anything in particular, though the bullpen construction would maybe be my first uh, finger to point. Are we sure it's not Alejandro Kirk's fault? Him coming on out of nowhere. It was just, uh, it's it's his fault, man. Like, he, he was, came out he, of nowhere. He was the guy everybody in the winter was like, trade this guy for Jose Ramirez. Like, this mm-hmm. is, they have Gabriel Moreno, who's a great uh, great prospect catcher. Danny Jansen has been hurt, but he's, uh, you know, kind of the guy that the organization seems to really like. Um, and all of a sudden, now we have Alejandro Kirk, who looks like, uh, you know, a, a, a genuine star it's only been half a season but uh, a lot of those underlying skills were there already and he's really improved defensively which has been nice what does it mean though if with Ryu gone for the year for Jansen does that change his summer uh, trade possibilities or does that not have any effect with him I don't think the Ryu thing matters a ton okay um, yeah I I um, it will be hard for me to see them moving anybody. I mean, Kirk was the guy I thought that they would move. Like he would be the odd man out because Moreno is. is they've identified him a long time ago. He's the athletic guy. I mean, Kirk. Uh, I hadn't seen him up close until this year. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't even. It comes off on TV a bit, but it doesn't even. You don't understand what, how different his body shape and body type <laughs> is compared to the average like major leaguer with that compared to the average athlete like it's mm-hmm. it's it's different it's very different and he did have like a hip injury last year i know they're being cautious about uh you know how often he's behind the plate uh and you can see where that could you know potentially go wrong there are just strains on a body there that does not look like an athletic body <laughs> um to say the least but that's part of what the appeal is and what makes him so fun um 
And yeah, I think that that's like, uh, it's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be an off season thing because they, you know, had he not emerged and become like an anchor in their lineup, he's their cleanup hitter. He does, he's been doing a great job there. It's really, you know, helped lengthen the lineup. And he's a guy, a guy who gives uh, opposing pitchers a different look, which is something that the Jays have been searching for for a long time. They're very right hand heavy. And a lot of the focus last off season, especially like, you know, the chatter and the rumors was they're looking for a lefty bat. Uh, and part of that was just because, you know, you kind of have similar hitters in Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Vlad to an extent who are, you know, right-handed guys who are chasing, you know, going to chase a lot. Maybe not Vlad, obviously. Um, and it just it was less challenging than it could be, I think, the way that, that a pitcher would have to approach the lineup. And having Kirk in there who has great plate coverage and back control uh, and can still really sting the ball has been has been great. So I think you got to keep him, so, and, or get you have to get something crazy for him. And I, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I, I think I think Moreno's going to go down when Jansen gets healthy, which is going to be very soon, um, and then we'll see him again in September. But the, you still got to address it at some point, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, like, yeah. The, like with Kirk, I just and it's also like one of those awkward things. It seems like to me where he's now a fan favorite where you're kind of locked in, where that's just, <laughs> you're not going to want a PR battle moving on from Kirk where you're, you would sell it as like, we're selling high and we still got this guy. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to fly. You can't just say we have this catcher. And it's also like when folks do this, just the prospect where it's like, Oh, he's, he's everything. He's going to be this. And it's like, well, I, I'm a Braves guy. Like I can show you Christian Pache. I can show you how this works where you look at San Francisco with Joey Bart. He was more right. of a sure thing than uh, Moreno. And it's just, it's not like that. You don't just go from Buster Posey to Barton. It's like, all right, we get 40 straight years of great catching <laughs> and like all time first yeah. ballot Hall of Famers. It's not how it, not how it works. And you got to kind of just ride the Kirk thing. And I think Moreno's probably the odd man out. I, right? I see that. I don't know. I don't know because they love him and they've loved him for a long time. And, and yeah, I, I, that would be tough for me to see. I, I think he's been a guy who was kind of untouchable in the offseason, you know, when they were talking about Ramirez. And anytime, you know, we don't know what the front office thinks, but that's sort of been the speculation is that he was going to be off limits. So, I mean, do you that think they can do it all over again when they do it? Maybe. I mean, if they knew Kirk was going to be this, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, what if he's available? What if the Guardians are like, hey, we're too close to making the playoffs. This is unacceptable. <laughs> we want to be right below the Mendoza line, and uh, we need to, we need to yeah. get a couple down. It's yeah. a, I mean, he signed that extension. He seemed to want to yeah. be there. So, But, I mean, with another player, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's tough because they're, they are in a tough spot, especially with the way that they're playing. Like They should be a win-now team. There's, I don't think that there's any question that they're going to approach the trade deadline like they're a win-now team. Um, but how hard in do you go? Do you get rid of a Moreno for something that is more win now when, you know, things are, are a bit dicey at the moment and when he's your guy now, now he feels like the odd man out. It's uh, they're, they're, they got their work cut out for them. What do you do with Pearson? You brought him up where mm-hmm. like, what is it? What is his trade value even like at this point? Is he just someone you just kind of have to k- stick around and just hope he figures it out? with you guys like i don't when is it a point of diminishing returns where like this guy just needs to change the scenery and we just got to move like i it just it's a sunk cost at this point yeah it, i mean it's getting there especially because he's on the big league il so he's a career yeah. service time so that's you know the the clock is definitely ticking on him um but yeah i don't know i mean i still i know they still love the stuff they still love the arm uh he really i mean we're still dreaming on you know in 2020 in the playoffs he came in and pitched like a few good innings against Tampa and relief. And it's like this, this, that was sort of the plan for this year that he was going to be a bulk guy, continue to kind of build him up. Uh, You know, they know they can't get a ton of innings out of him because he just has never done it in his pro career or even really, I don't think in his, uh, uh, in his junior college or high school career either. Like he just hasn't logged the innings. 
so the idea is still to keep the idea is still for him to be a starter. I heard it was in the spring before mono and the last train and all this bullshit that's happened. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, um, and so I think that, yeah, the diminishing returns is, is, is a thing that has to weigh on them because they're definitely, that's, that's happening. Like I don't like you wouldn't, if I'm another team, I'm not giving up a ton for Nate Pearson because it just looks already like it's not going to ever happen for him, which is a shame. And I think maybe the Jays just do hold him because the, you know, the, what they could get for him doesn't, you know, doesn't offset like what they could, you know, what they could still think they could turn him into. And I know they really like him. They like his, you know, the drive that he has and and his, you know, he's, he works with the data. He, you know, he's like a modern pitcher and he hits a hundred and, and there's lots to like there. But it is getting frustrating. It's definitely getting frustrating for fans as well, but I'm sure the front office and everybody else would, would love to have a guy who throws some heat, gets some swing and miss, can log multiple innings in the bullpen. It's kind of like exactly what they're missing. Maybe you, we need a transfer market in Major League Baseball where you can just send him down to Texas for starting pitcher rehab, which they've just excelled at for so many years. You got Matt Moore there, you got Lance Lynn, you got uh, Mike Miner. That's just their bread and butter where it's like, give us your uh, fallen off pitcher who just can't stay healthy or can't get it together and we got you. We'll we'll do this, we'll figure it out, and then we'll send Nate back to Toronto when he's ready. I mean – the Blue Jays fans and Rangers fans may not uh, may not like each other still very much, so I don't I don't know if that would fly, but okay, That's I'm true. fine with it. Yeah, it'd be good for the blog though. Be good it for certainly the would be good for the blog. <laughs> I would use I would use Rangers owner Jose Bautista jokes quite a lot. I promise. See, that. there you yeah. go. Just content. <laughs> um, it's interesting because you brought up their summer decisions and kind of what they're going to do and be aggressive, which. I think I think you're right where they just kind of have to just keep moving where it's not as more it's not as complicated as like San Francisco where that is a complicated situation that they're staring down right here or Philadelphia or yeah. some of those other teams like that, that that's more complicated and that in Chicago too for that matter uh the White Sox in that regard but um I think the Blue Jays at this point they have to buy but when you look at it you're like they've been aggressive like they've mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean you can go up and down the list and it's like you can't fault them for not being aggressive enough with this group and you're kind of just hoping like you said vlad hasn't been himself boba hasn't been himself they're so talented and they've shown so much at this point where you're like well i mean what are the odds they don't just figure it out in august what if they do bounce back and then hey we're fine because it's not like the season's a disaster and it's not like the playoffs are out and you can't make a run and any of that it's just how much of a swing do you really want to take this summer versus like betting on your guys and the team that you assemble because like you said and we all thought like they were going they were a real threat to win the ALEs as currently constructed going into this year, even with the bullpen concerns and everything else. Like bullpen's a concern for everybody. Like yeah. uh, the Nationals also just won a World Series of bullpen concerns. Like it's not like there's <laughs> yeah. a I mean, bullpen concerns is just part of the game. But that's doable. That's what the trade mm-hmm. deadline, like everybody can do that. Um, because you're just throwing shit at the wall and you'll you're just hoping the uh, the uh, enough sticks. But I don't know, like, what even makes sense? Like, who can they throw out? You mentioned Nate Pearson, and you can't do that. And it's like, uh, Miranda, like, he, you can't throw him out there. So it's like, all right, well, you want to be aggressive, and certain people that other teams would want in some sort of aggressive pursuit kind of tra- contradicts that. So I don't know. Like, what is the market for Kevin Biggio? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just very strange. <laughs> he's, he's been real well, though, doing real well yeah. lately. Yeah, which is surprising. He was just awful at the start of the year, got mm. covid Went down, accepted a demotion, accepted like an option to to after like the time on the COVID list expired, and he's come back. And he's been really good, which is mm-hmm. something that not a lot of people were expecting. I don't know if that's the guy you move. It's really it's those low minors guys. It's like a Ricky Tiedemann who's like you know 
uh, flying up top 100 lists right now. Yasper Zuleta is a guy who's in New Hampshire now who they maybe can have help in the bullpen later uh, in the season, another like hard thrower. Uh, they've got those guys coming, but there's this, there's this gap because they, for example, well, they drafted uh, Austin Martin. They they traded away Simeon Woods Richardson in the Barrios deal. They have, I mean, Gunnar Hoagland hasn't started, started uh, I don't think, uh, yet for the A's, but they traded away a bunch of guys in the Matt Chapman deal. And yeah, they have been very, very aggressive for the last year. And that's it sort of demands that they do that again. And it is a it is, it's a weird spot that they're in. But I think that that they I mean, they showed last year like the, they when they made the Barrios trade, they they were not, you know, they weren't what they became by the end of September, which is a, like you say, the team that nobody really wanted to face. So I, I think that they will continue to double down on this roster, but like like how heavily they will they do it? They've got Aurelvis Martinez is a nice bat in double A. They've got Jordan Groshans, who's in triple A. Uh, flawed guys. Potential, you know, is is there could headline a package? I think, and another team would feel good about it. But those are, you know, the the Blue Jays system is is thinning out in that way because of they they've been so aggressive. Though on the other hand, in the draft they have a couple extra picks because Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon uh, mm. signed elsewhere, so they were they're going to be able to recoup a little bit in this year's draft class. So, I mean, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's enough to uh, to really start start you know unloading prospects out of your system that are that you really like uh on this year's version of this team but i think you have to continue to believe in it i think that that's what they're probably ultimately going to do i mean people here are talking about firing the manager and all that kind of stuff because you know you go you lose nine of ten and and the orioles are on your heels it does feel it doesn't feel good it does feel frustrating and it's been it's been an awful watch the last couple of weeks um but I think the front office views it differently, and I think that I expect that they'll still be aggressive. But I guess my whole thing is like, who is it? Is it like David Robertson? Like you go aggressive <laughs> right. at the bullpen, or do you go aggressive to replace Ryu? Do you go aggressive just to add another bat? Like I don't. What is the aggressive chess move? Because you only get one of these. Like like you said with the thinning roster, like you have to be very very careful with where you make that aggressive move. So where where is it? Is it one like of those three? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. Um, I, I don't know that the Blue Jays would have the answer for that. I think right now, I think that they absolutely would be. Uh, you know, and, and we saw this last year, like with Simeon, it was like the bullpen and the, the rotation depth was probably more pressing need. But they're like, well, we could just hit a ton and we'll figure <laughs> the rest out later. Like they, they're they're happy to to take what they think the market, you know, whatever the market offers them, uh, that they think is best. So. Uh, it could take different shapes. Uh, mm. Personally, I mean, there, I think Ken Rosenthal wrote about Pablo Lopez was a guy that, that they were looking into. So I wish he stayed a little more healthy than he does, but uh, but mm. that's a that's a real uh, that would be an aggressive option for them. And I think that that would help, you know, just to slide, uh, <laughs> just to slide. I don't know what they're going to do with Kikuchi. He kind of holds yeah. the whole key of, to this because he's on a three year deal. Uh, it is front loaded, but. Uh, I don't think they're going to cut bait on $20 million, which is what he'd be owed for next year and the year after. And nor should they, he's a talented guy. It's just, it's been, it's, he's been so lost. It's just trying to find a roster spot for this guy uh, down the stretch when you have the limits on the pitching, uh, you know, the, the roster limits on how many pitchers you can carry. Mm. It's going to make it tough. Cause they, they just, they, they don't have that many spots to spare. Their bullpen has not been that good. They would, it would be ideally, if there was a guy like, I mean, yeah, David Robertson, uh, you know, that doesn't really, that doesn't move the needle a ton for me. Yeah. Um, not certainly not the way Lopez would. And would that I mean people have talked to a lefty bat a lot, you know, Ben Attendee, Josh Bell's guy. Um, 
that I think is, I mean, man, Remel Tapia is playing okay, which is like, that's just damning with faint praise, like where the mm. team is at right now. Like, oh, maybe you don't need a lefty back because Tapia is there. Biggio's been playing well. Uh, I don't know, but it really, it really feels, I mean, the bullpen has just been such a struggle to get to Romano and he's been a little up and down. Um, I think that's where they really have to, to go heavily, but, but yeah, a starter could also help in that regard by bumping somebody into the bullpen. Well, I mean, we're just, we, we have too many down here in Atlanta now. Spencer (laughs) Strider and his mustache jumping on the scene. Like, I don't know. We we remember the work of Alex Anthopoulos up here. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, I think he knows what he's doing. More, yeah. He's there were years there. Oh, we were ready to get rid of him by the end or by, by, by the 2015 trade deadline. But uh, I think that's with everybody, right? Like everybody, fire. you just have the ups and downs. It's just Cashman, whoever. It's just uh, Theo. I'm sure Cubs fans were getting antsy at certain points during the Cubs rebuild. And I mean, For it's sure. just, I don't know. It, uh, you can't please them all the time. I'm very curious. What, do you have a pick? Who Do you have a name that you would, if you had to guess on July 10th, is most likely the guy they target if you had to guess no i don't know that how about this not what you know that that you think they do what would you do what would your target be what would the trade be for you who would you target (laughs) all right all right i uh, (laughs) i'll go crazy here but i i mean there was rumblings about otani you know otani and otani and iglesias i'll give the whole farm for those guys that there, that that fixes the Blue Jays perfectly. Uh, <laughs> lefty bat, another starter, another reliever. Don't you know? It's a it's a complete pipe dream. Obviously, would never happen. But uh, yeah, uh, but that would that would be the that would be the target. I would have I would make at least one phone call just to get laughed at. I mean, I just at some point Major League Baseball's got to step in, right? Like it's just uh... it, it's real tough. It's real tough. I mean, it's just double trouble now with Trout and Otani, where you just gobbled up two stars who should be in the playoffs that you just want when all eyeballs are on your sport, and they're just never going to be there. Not only on the West Coast, where all the East Coasters are asleep and miss them all the time, they're not going to be in the yeah. postseason either. And it's just, it's <laughs> such a, it's such a shame. It really, a, a buddy of mine who's a Jay's Twitter guy uh, mm. did the did the tungsten arm O'Doyle tweet, which just comes mm. up constantly because it just, <laughs> it's just so it's so perfect and so mm. so disappointing to see that the Angels have those guys and just cannot cannot get anything else together. I mean, I don't feel bad for Trout anymore. Trout had a chance. Otani, I feel bad for. Uh, yeah, Trout was like, he he, I mean, he had a chance too. Somebody could have told him hey, this team. I don't know. That's true. I I don't know. It's it's a bummer. Um, it what surprised you most when doing your midseason report cards that everybody can go check out at the Bat Flip? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The midseason mm-hmm. report cards. Um, there, yeah, there were some surprises. I mean, mostly, I guess it was like, I mean, I kind of, I, my great, I graded on a curve called vibes. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I did my methodology wasn't like super sound, but you know, like Bichette and Guerrero really, really. Uh, have not like and it's like by anybody else's standards they well maybe not Bo but Vlad's been had a very good season by anybody else's standards but it just it's felt disappointing it felt it's felt like he hasn't been locked in and I knew that but then it just got, kind of going over some of the numbers has been uh, a bit eye opening um, and yeah and it's just really it's like just how many of the guys just feel like they've been underperforming I think especially on the offensive side because um, Kikuchi was going to be a, pros- a project. Barrios, that's been weird, but um, he, that, that guy's just so crazily consistent year after year. So young, too. Like, he was, mm. I think he's 27, 28 still. 
uh, not worried about him. Knew that was going to have to be a bad grade, <laughs> but mm. uh, but like so, just the, you know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has, has kind of kind of hits in bunches. Has like a streaky guy, but uh, and this year has just been very different. Kind of like trading trading strike or trading power for like more contact, which I'm not sure suits him, but it's been okay. Um, but yeah, to, for one name, I guess it's Vlad. I like gave Vlad a C, which I feel was like this is. You know, Vlad should never get a C. He's too, just too talented. And I was, again, I was grading him on the expectations that he set last year. But um, what was the yeah. response to that? I, I think people kind of generally thought it was fair and we thought it was, was, was harsh but fair. Like, I, you know, I tend to be, uh, I could be a little lenient on certain things. I'll be lenient on the manager, which people just absolutely hate, I find. And then I get combative about it, which doesn't mm. help. Uh, and the and the front office, like the you know, I try to I try to uh, yeah, try to understand what the job description is and what all, all that it entails, and sometimes that makes it difficult to get as angry about certain things when you try to like actually like use context for those kind of assessments. But mm. uh, but but uh, yeah, I was a little harsh on a lot of guys there, like because I think they, I mean, they, but also they ought to be better, and it is crazy that. You know, I'm not thinking about it in terms of what the expectations are. I think a lot of fans are uh, and, and feel extra disappointed because the expectations hasn't, haven't been met and because the Yankees who weren't supposed to be good or are, are looking insanely good. Uh, all very frustrating. Uh, just a, <laughs> just not been a fun first half of the season. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the response was, 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 was nobody, nobody was yelling at me, which uh, is usually a good response, I guess. <laughs> what do you think happens? you think they they – do you think they turn around? Do you think they shake out of this funk? I do. Yeah, I totally do. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not as confident as I might have been a month ago about that. Mm. Like, you know, and they, they've had ups and downs throughout the season, but I think they're just too talented not to. And it's just so weird. And it's all we've like Blue Jays fans have already been through this. Like there was mm. already a fire the hitting coach period of the season. There was already a like, what are the do the, do they know how to develop pitchers? Do they know how to work with these guys the way that we thought they did last year because of Ray and, and Mats and stuff? Uh, like it's all been happening. I joked somewhere along the line like that we need to. I need to start one of those websites where it's just like which Blue Jays coach are we firing this week? <laughs> where it's just it's just it's either the manager, it's the hitting coach, or it's the mm. pitching, pitching coach, depending on the because it's just been that kind of season and and none of them have lined up and i think that's been a real problem too it's like it's there have been there have been a couple periods where everything is working well but it's it's just it's always something it's not always the same thing um which is sort of the nature of seasons for teams that are not you know the yankees are not you know super not as elite you know there's going to be ups and downs it's been tough but uh but yeah i think they're going to win a couple series going into the break probably or do okay come out of the break fine Everybody will forget how much they hated what's going on right now and each other and, and all the nonsense that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. I like it. I think um, so. But I'm less confident than I should be, I feel. I mean, hey, like it's about <laughs> it's weird for your team right now. It's gonna be weird for like the Braves and the Mets are gonna play twelve times over the next month because right. they just did not play. The scheduling makes no sense. Yeah, this um, year's so. schedule has been very weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it all worked out that way, but it's just going to be very tense. It's going to be very, very tense. But you know my favorite part is Robinson Cano getting paid yeah. $20 million <laughs> by the Mets. And if he is anything for the Braves, I mean, just that's a chef's kiss situation. <laughs> it I, really is. I didn't look – I saw I, – I, I've, I've heard 
Numbers in AAA were good. I didn't really look at what they were, but hey, man, uh, pretty hilarious. Yeah. I I would love it. Like I, I low expectations. I I texted a buddy where I was like, it's just I I feel like when Felix uh was signed by the Braves and he had that spring and then COVID hit and everything, right? Yeah, and it was like, oh man, I was all in. I was like, I I, I understand he's not going to be old Felix, but there is something so cool about Felix Hernandez in a in Braves jersey. It was the same thing when Griffey was rumored to be a Brave. And there's something cool when it, it doesn't matter who it is, when it's a wash guy, whatever, you're like, oh, that's just really cool to see this maybe Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer just in your favorite team's jersey. And just it's 100%, cool. 100%. Alex loves that sort of sort of stuff too. And, yeah. he, and he has his guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still see the break, you know, and I think uh, Cano, I, I don't think he would have ever had an opportunity to get him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not with the Jays, but that's a thing. Vlad Jr. is a thing because he's a Montreal guy. He had Vlad Sr. Vlad Sr. played for Dunedin in like 2014, like just mm. trying to make a comeback, played like 30 games. And like that was that was a thing. Johan Santana, mm. he did. You know, that's just Alex's uh uh I don't know, he's like that that's a thing of his and 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 yeah, it's super fun. A lot of, I don't I don't recall any of them really working out very well, but well, this is the one. That's what it ever folks are yeah. saying. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Yeah, this is the one. Um what about we we wrote up the Mets for a second. I want to get, with Nelson Cruz, where he made a mistake, where he wound up in Washington for this year. And I thought he had the elixir of life because this man was going <laughs> to keep hitting dingers until he was 57 years old. And then he goes to Washington on a bad baseball team and suddenly everything goes awry. I need him out of Washington. He seems like he is going to get out of Washington. I'm conflicted because I don't want him to go to the Mets, okay. but he makes a lot of sense for the Mets to me. Do you like that potential fit? Because they are linked this week yeah i've yeah i've seen that yeah i i do um i could see i i, I could see him get some brewers stink on him maybe uh um, <laughs> they would rather win with no hitting they would rather <laughs> that's, well that's the thing yeah the milwaukee brewers folks it, i would highly encourage you if you've not done this just go spend uh, you get your cup of coffee and then you look at their lineup you go on mlb.com you go through the box score and you just try and figure out where did the nine runs come from i don't understand everyone has a wrc plus of 73 and they're always scoring enough runs to lead this dang division and i don't understand it i get that josh Hader's awesome outside of that explain the offense to me because it doesn't make any sense how are they all batting horribly and still scoring enough runs to all i I just the brewers are an anomaly to me but yeah no nelson cruz just doesn't fit their motto he doesn't want like they don't want that i yeah well i mean i think i'd like to see him and rowdy telez you know do do a batting practice next to each other uh not sure how they fit uh you know on the field together i mean obviously one would be the dh but uh Mm. yeah you're you're not wrong you're not wrong i mean uh, but I, I don't know because I, I, I mean because Cruz, there's the age he hasn't hit well in, uh, you know for the last week or so. But he was mm. other than the start of the year, I think he had a pretty good couple of months in May and June. Uh, can still help a team, which is probably why the the Mets feel like a fit. It does it does feel like a fit too. Um, but may, I feel like I'm also thinking of like the Madoff uh, Wilpon Mets mm-hmm. would 100 percent have gone down Nelson Cruz Boulevard, right? But uh, <laughs> but. but yeah, I don't know. It should be interesting. I mean, absolutely no point in him being in Washington. So, we'll go well, it's interesting. They were here this weekend. Obviously, the Braves did really well with Washington over the weekend. But I, um, watching them and seeing how Juan Soto is in such a weird spot now mm-hmm. because 
he has no protection around him and he has more walks. It's July 10th than hits this year. (laughs) Yeah. That's not going to change anytime soon though. So the way the Braves were pitching to him more than yesterday around Friday night and it was like, everyone's fine putting him on base. Like that's just fine. Like who cares? Like we would rather, we'll get to Josh Bell and whatever Nelson Cruz is at this point, everything else. We're totally fine walking and pitching around Juan Soto. And it's just, if you move Bell and you move Cruz, I I mean, yeah, the money's great. Um, And the reported new number for Juan Soto would just be unbelievable. And he's worth every penny. He's a generational talent, but like, if you're Juan Soto, you're looking around and you're like, I don't have a path to having fun for four years. Baseball is a long season. And if I don't have any protection around me for the foreseeable future, I'm just going to get like pitchers are smart. Teams are smart. They're not just going to pitch to me because it's better for the game of baseball for me to hit home runs. <laughs> They're not going to do that. Yeah. I That's... don't know what you do. Like, so when I see people throw out Josh Bell's got to go and I'm like, you want to pay Juan Soto. And I just feel like if you're Juan Soto or you're his agent, you're like, uh, how is this going to work for the next three to five years? Because <laughs> he has to do this for 400 plus games before you get him real protection. I I don't know, man. Does that make sense? No, it makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very weird situation. It's, it sucks. It does. And it, you know, He's going to get his walks no matter what. But yes, yeah, you're absolutely right that it, that that this is this is exacerbating it because there's no reason to to throw him anything to hit ever. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, the Nationals. I mean, the the Nationals. Uh, to go back to rewind to the uh, the to the end of last season mm-hmm. when the Blue Jays needed uh, they needed the Red Sox to lose or the the. Rays to beat the Yankees or well, either way around. I forget what it was. I, oh, but I remember it was the, we focused on the Rays-Yankees game. Mm. Um, and then when that didn't go the Blue Jays' way, they had one chance to get into playoffs left, and it was the Nationals against mm. the Red Sox. And, oh, boy. <laughs> I was sitting at a bar with my friends, a few, a few guys, and we were like, they they are not as, as uh, up to speed on some of the, the other teams in the league as I am, perhaps. Mm. Uh <laughs> They were just like, oh, my God. It's like, do not, do not emotionally invest in the Washington Nationals. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way this ends well. There is mm-hmm. no way. They are so bad. They are mm-hmm. so, so bad. And I think Soto got like one pitch to hit, didn't get it. And then everybody else <laughs> miserably failed <laughs> because they were the Washington Nationals. It, it was it's crazy how recently they won the World Series and how bad they are right now. But, man, if you're a Nationals fan, you take it, man. Like 100%. you, They spent a bunch. And that's what I – if I'm I'm nervous if I'm a Nationals fan because, like, the learners, they're a good ownership group, and they spent a lot. They really invested right away with DC. They built it up. Like, Rizzo, you can – like, people make jokes like the farm system now, but it's like they won. He developed, and he spent, and he won, and, you know – yeah. That's all that matters. 2019 Absolutely. happened and they're the forgotten team though because they didn't get their ring celebration and all that in 2020 right. and they never really got to like be the champion for a full season of like you got to go through us to beat us. They never really got to do any of that. 
And then Strasburg, obviously, uh, I always forget how to pronounce this, the th- sporadic, thoracic, what is it? Whatever. Thoracic outlet syndrome. Yes, that thoracic, one, the one that yeah. just kills every pitcher. Um, yeah. So once that happened, that it was like, that's over for him. But he got his ring and he proved everybody wrong and Harper and everybody. It's like, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's okay that you can just be horrific for a couple of years. <laughs> but oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you're a Nationals fan, you're like, we're horrific now. And then the good ownership group that spins might go up for sale. When you look around the league and you look around where things are headed, the odds of getting back-to-back spin-friendly teams running your your organization is very unlikely. Like, that's just... uh, I would be more terrified of that, of just being like, oh, no. Like, I don't know who we're bringing in. I don't know what VC is coming uh, down that pike. I just... (laughs) I'm a little little concerned about what's going on in dc and uh who's going to take them over but i i don't know it's just nelson cruz and josh bell i I keep seeing it and i'm like yeah josh bell you kind of have to if you're rizzo and you got him and davey got extended for at least one more year in 2023 so he has a little bit more job security but it's also like the soto factor has to be considered but man you gotta sell high on josh bell like i josh bell you gotta sell high you just have to do it Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think they do. I think they. I, I, there will be. There will be. You know, Yuli Gurriel's not looking great in Houston. I think that's a fit people are talking mm-hmm. about. Houston for Bell, Boston, which I don't like the idea of that. But uh, I think you do better than Bobby Dalbeck. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he's. You know, Josh Bell's pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to have to do something there for sure. Um, and I'll, the, before we move on from that, though, I will say the the stupid pandemic year and when you know, mm-hmm. whatever uh, it does suck for the Nationals that that's a thing, and it, it reminds me of a Blue Jays thing, which is which is Ryu, who we brought up earlier, who literally will probably never pitch for them again. Tommy John midseason, like might be able to pitch by the end of next year, but he's just not going to be in their plans. We'll probably never see him uh, pitch for the Jays. He made twelve starts at home because the Blue Jays played last year. Uh, in Dunedin and Buffalo, Toronto. Yeah. He pitched, he, he's made tw- he made twelve starts on a four year deal in Toronto. It's crazy, uh, and That's it sucks. Wild, right? Man. Yeah. Like and 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 he pitched his ass off in twenty twenty. He was great. He got that team to the playoffs. Like that team was bad. Like it was Vlad and a couple of guys. Are like Matt Shoemaker was in the rotation. Matt Shoemaker like started a playoff game <laughs> like in twenty twenty. Like Ryu was so good and kind of fell apart at the end, but you know, uh, but but just that that reminded me thinking about the Nationals and not getting the ring and not you know the fans not being able to see or you know twenty twenty getting cut off and all that stuff. But yeah, the Ryu thing, man, that's a bummer. Fun guy, really, uh, really wish I <laughs> really wish he didn't fall off a cliff last year. But I guess we know why with the frayed ligaments and all that. I mean, is it it? Do you think he pitches again? I don't know. I don't know. This is the second yeah. Tommy John. You know, that's that's. He could just good. walk away and be like, "That's it." Yeah, I mean, he'll, his deal will be done at the end, and you know, maybe does a does a victory lap in Korea or something like that. It was yeah. it was maybe a nice way to end it for him. I don't know how, you know, he got he got his money, which uh, good for him. A lot of Jays fans very happy about it. I'm sure there are some that are like, "Oh, what a terrible signing!" Obviously, like if you look at it just straight value wise, it's. It did not work out very well for them, but it really kind of signaled that the team was open for business. And yeah, the, the he was Jays, an early guy for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, and I don't know if you know 
does Springer come with the, if not for Ryu, like mm. for showing that they're, you know, the, the, it was kind of a big domino. And it was also the Blue Jays and Scott Boris, like since the eighties had a, had a thing like the, the, like Pat Gillick and Paul Beeston in the eighties, uh, Bill Coddle had a, <laughs> had like, like there was a whole, there, there's a whole story about that. Huh. Uh, that, that would have one of Boris's early clients. Uh, and there was a lot of friction between, and then Beeston came back to run the Jays, uh, which is when Anthopoulos showed up after JP Ricciardi. Yeah. So the, the, the Boris and the Blue Jays did not really interact or didn't deal with each other for basically 25 years. Uh, oh, so, so getting him back on board and like, uh, you know, was uh, in its own way kind of important too, I think. What is Ricciardi doing now? Where is he? That's a good question. He was with the Mets for a bit, but I don't. It was know. remember that triumvirate where they they put that because it was Sandy, yeah. uh, Ricciardi, and Di Podesta, right? Wasn't that the big three that they brought in together um, think, during well, that I early Will Di Podesta, But yeah, maybe yeah. I thought it was the big three. I thought it was all of them. They all came in as like a package deal type thing. I, <laughs> could, um, you, I would, I'll trust you. On I don't think he was Omar Minaya. I don't think he was part of when he went. Over, I, I could be wrong. I, it could be wrong. But, but I, like yeah. most Jays fans, after Ricciardi left, I was uh, I stopped really keeping track of his career. Yeah, there was, I mean that's going back, but yeah, that that didn't really end well here. Either. No, which is weird because he put together some good teams. Had the playoff format been different, yeah, there, there's the, you know the Scott Rowland teams, the Roy Halladay teams, you know, the Vernon Rowland, Wells like, teams, Vernon Wells, Roy, Wells and Rowland and Lyle Overbay and Aaron Hill. Like there were some good Blue Jays teams back then. Let's Adrian name Burnett some guys. Halliday. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I mean, yeah, Lyle Overbay—that's a name I have not heard in a <laughs> He's long, got that long stick on time. Himself, yeah, I feel like Jeff Mathis was on that team. Am I misremembering? There was that? a Je- yeah. Jeff Mathis was there for a year. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Mathis, I believe. Yeah, I think Jeff Mathis went to the Marlins in the big uh, Burley Reyes. Uh, Josh Johnson trade that yeah. Anthopoulos made because he because because Anthopoulos almost nixed the deal because he'd like just signed it at Mathis to an extension. I'm pretty sure mm. pretty sure that's how that went. And he was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I just <laughs> like I just gave this guy like a, an extension, said welcome back and all that, and didn't didn't want to do wrong by him. But ultimately, you know, when you get a chance to have Josh Johnson suck for a year, you, you can't pass that up. Um. Speaking of things that suck right now, if you're Ty France, man, that yeah. poor dude, borderline starter, doesn't get in as a starter, and they're like, "All right, well, it's just not gonna, not gonna be it." But uh, <laughs> yeah. you're just actually not invited. Um, just kidding. That that's just so sad. And reading his tweet, like he's pretty confused at the whole process, and. That's what you want if you're Major League Baseball. You want a lot of controversy and you want a lot of people upset uh, going into a fun uh, a fun weekend of just every, every positivity where you're like, I want positivity going into this whole thing. And then the main story is, uh, what's the process and how did Ty France not make this team? What What's the... Do the Mariners fans not suffer enough? Like, does the playoff drought is the playoff drought not enough? Like, do we have to do this to Ty France? Why is he an... He's an innocent bystander, all of this. Like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's those damn Blue Jays fans, frankly. Yeah, um, there's a lot of us. It's a it's a whole country, and it's all, like every like everybody in Canada gets the the network. So like there's like there the number of people that watch Blue Jays games is crazy. Mm. And the way that they don't tell you how they're monetizing it is uh, a little suspicious. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that though there are differences between the TV 
uh, more TV dollars than what like a pair of eyeballs on TV set is worth here as opposed to the United States. We don't do a lot of pharma ads. We don't do political ads. Like the, the industry is just completely different. Mm. Um, but I still think that they're holding out on us. Like they're, it is an incredibly valuable product. And as then you could see that and, you know, just how many, you know, Santiago Espinal being like getting a ton of all-star votes and like Blue Jays fans just really going out on mass. And, and, you know, Kirk on merit, absolutely uh, hilarious. Him, him getting in, but completely deserved it. Like Springer's going to play or Springer's was named to the team. I'm sure he's going to take those days off because he's mm. like, that's where he is in his career. Um, and Vlad, like I say, I gave him a C in, his, in the, the report card. Like he, mm. it's not been a Vlad year. Like he could have, Easily, no, it could have been France easily, and uh, it is a shame. And, and to have found out during a weekend where the Blue Jays are in Seattle, and uh, and just invading that park, which Mariners fans also hate, uh, was tough. But uh, but yeah, I think France you know, should be there. Hopefully, you know, some guys drop out or whatever, and there's a chance for him to get there. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a weird process, and it, especially for those guys who like haven't done it before. Uh, it yeah. seems to really mean something. Because, I mean, if it's not this year, it's probably not happening for him. Like, that's the whole well, thing. It's like, <laughs> I, like, I don't... If it's not this year for Ty France, and that's probably part of it, too, it's like, oh, well, I don't know if that's ever going to happen for me now. Like, it's... <laughs> first yeah. base is a pretty good position in uh, Major League Baseball. So, I just... yeah, I don't know. Tough. It feels like that was the shot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a shame they can't do more. Do more it's for the that. Blue Jays' fault. You know, it's weird. It's like you say that because I, I, it's the same stuff when you watch Braves games and they're just like, oh, vote, 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 and put in this player, put in this player. And it's like, well, I, I don't, I, for me, I'm not wired like that. And it's not yeah. just because I like, I do this kind of stuff for a living, but it's like, I don't, that's just silly. Like, I just think it's weird. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to see the whole, I don't want to see these guys who suck from my team. Right. I don't I think that's good. Just push. Like, <laughs> I think you can just push the good ones. I think that's fine. Just to be like, hey, William Contreras, like, what a story. Put him in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get him in there. Yeah. Great. Dancy Swanson having an all time great year. And who, look, has it like the Dansby thing? I, I'm so conflicted on because it's great and he's kind of saved the season in a lot of ways with Acuna yeah. being in and out of the lineup and just Freeman being gone. It's like he's been one of those consistent guys top that no one saw coming, but it is a contract year. And right. <laughs> he is going to get paid this offseason to stay. And he is having a complete career aberration. Sure, and yeah. I just, <laughs> I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because it's just fun. And hey, you just won the title. So who cares? But let me tell you, that contract <laughs> is like, I've never been more certain about a Braves contract not aging well than the yeah. Dan Swanson contract that he will sign uh, to stay in Atlanta uh, in this winter. And it's like, I have nothing against Dansby. It's just, it's an aberration. It's a great year at the right possible time. And yeah. I don't think this is sustainable going forward. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, you, 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 got, you got a World Series out of it. So. Exactly. You get a World Series, nothing else really <laughs> it's hard matters. hard to complain, like, yeah. Yeah, you get like a 10-year gap. Like Alex Anthopoulos, you get like the, as long as you want to be GM, all that kind of stuff. That's, you, you just, you can do whatever you want. Um, in terms of uh, biggest all-star surprise, though, outside of Ty France, did you have one that when you saw who was starting and who made the team, was there one that jumped out to you? Um, well, I mean, I'm super Blue Jays focused, but also, I mean, just Alejandro Kirk is such a great story. Yeah. He's in a Thai France kind of camp. Like, I mean, just based on the numbers that he's put up this mm. year, he should be there. And it, it didn't surprise me, but uh, it would have surprised me if you told me in April that this was going to happen. Mm. Um, 
And yeah, it could be like like I said, it could be a similar situation where this may never happen for him. It may be a hot half. I do think that there's a lot of underlying things to like, like I say, but yeah, that's that's gonna be uh I hope he's a star of the All-Star game. I hope that a ton of people really get to know him. He's just a uh he's not exuberant. He's not like Vlad or or Springer or these guys who are really whooping it up. He's uh, the Blue Jays like to talk about how he's got like the 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 the, the low heartbeat uh you know slows the game down um and it's just not like unfazed by things so i don't know that he's like you know he's not going to be grabbing the mic and saying crazy things or or being an entertainer in that way but it just 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 the guy that looks like that and the things that he could do um it's just a great story and he's like a you know I, i i don't even remember what the figure was but like he was just like a prospect out of mexico that they signed for absolutely nothing and, and just like just a small inkling that is that is to have got to this level uh, is pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, I, I, it seems like that means a lot to him, too. He was talking about, talk, you know, hearing the news and being stunned and talking with his family about it. And, um, you know, that's kind of, I mean, that's I'm, a, I'm an old man now. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of stuff gets me and that I enjoy that as opposed to like, you know, I, generally, I think all star games should. I, I like. I like that what they're doing with like Pools and Cabrera, and mm. you know, like the those those are guys that should be at the all star game. Mm. Uh, you know, I, if somebody's like having a rough first year, but he's like a legitimate star and a legitimate legend, like yeah, that you want to see them there. Uh, but I do love those stories on the other side too, and like Kirk is absolutely a guy for me. I got to talk up Alejandro Kirk, give him the chance here. I like it. And maybe you you know what you do? You shut down George Springer post All Star break and you're like, Hey, we're gonna take a we're gonna see what happened. <laughs> you you missed a lot of last year. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Mr. Springer, but uh, <laughs> I sure do. We're gonna put you on ice <laughs> until the postseason and uh that we'll see what happens. We you, just be ready to go and we'll we'll look for that Houston Astros background, uh playoff background come playoff time. <laughs> but uh for whatever reason, uh, Bobachet and Vlad Guerrero were were just fine uh, without you <laughs> last year. So we're gonna you you just take some time off. Maybe that's what the sell is to shake things up a little bit. Just take some time. Uh, you know, I mean, if they were playing as well as they should have been, that might work. But uh, right, unfortunately, they're gonna need Springer for the next little bit. And he's been really good. Springer's yeah, been good. Yeah, love Springer. Yeah, Springer's been good and healthy. Still, still worried worried about the contract in, in a few years' time. Of, but you still do it, man. Off. Springer contract, oh, you do. You oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Ryu and stuff like that. I, it drives me nuts when fans do that. It's like I, like the fans who are like spin, 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 and then it's like one of those contracts doesn't look great. It's like okay, you can't have it both ways. You can't be like go be aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. That you have to spin, like you have to do these kind of things where they're they're. I mean, it's just going to be up and down. Like it's not always going to be great contract, and it's not always going to be a bad contract. You just kind of it's part of the game. Do you want to be in the game or do you not want to be in the game? And that's just part of it. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it, it's easy here because the team owner is Rogers, uh, mm. uh, who are one of our like two telecom monopolies. Uh, Sounds it, awesome. It, 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 so everybody, everybody despises them. They had a huge outage the other day here in Canada, mm. uh, and it's like the you can't no like credit cards and, and debit card purchases were down in like the entire country for a whole day like 911 systems run on rogers tech and like it's like they're they're not well liked so they're so everybody's very happy to uh to see them waste money on baseball players <laughs> and i wouldn't even call it wasted but uh 
Um, but yeah, yeah, get, get into their pockets, George. Please take their money. They're horrible. There you go. I like it. <laughs> um, we'll end on this. How did the good folks check out the Bat Flip? And what would you like to plug? And you know all that great stuff before we. Yeah, yeah. No, the Bat Flip, just the Batflip.ca. It's a it's a Substack, so it's like newsletter style, but I kind of do it more blog style. It's not do, do not mm-hmm. rely upon me to. Uh, to, to have something for you every morning at a, at a yeah. time. It's just whenever it happens, it happens. Um, but yeah, I'm just out here tweeting and podcasting. I, I do a podcast myself called Blue Jays Happy Hour. We're on an app yep. called Call In, uh, which means you can listen to us live, call in, it's ask questions, which has been a really fun mm. uh, change. I do wish this was uh, with my co-host, uh, Nick Ashbourne, who's uh, – was at Yahoo has been uh, does stuff for for Sportsnet here, which is the Rogers Zone because Rogers mm. owns everything in the stupid country uh, <laughs> site. Who will broadcast the Blue Jays games as well? There um, you go. And yeah, that's I mean that's about it. it just uh, just I'll apologize in advance for my tweets. I'm uh, no don't being a menace. Never apologize. <laughs> Keep going. Keep defend going, Charlie Montoyo to the death. There you go. I like it, <laughs> Andrew. Thank you so much for the time. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to check back in again soon. That'd be awesome, man. Thanks for having me. All right. We are good, my friend. Um, Awesome. All right, that'll do it for today's edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Thank you for making the Chase Most Podcast part of your daily listen over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcasts. That easy, that simple. Make sure you're subscribed to this very feed so that you never miss any of my daily content on all things sports today, Major League Baseball. Hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Andrew. A lot of baseball coverage coming this week on the program. As always, John Taylor on Wednesday, so look out for that. Uh, fangraphs.com but thank you again for uh, coming on uh, for Andrew to come on the program make sure you subscribe to his blog if you have not already Uh, it's great and getting more insight into the Toronto Blue Jays and their pennant run and all of that uh, it's just great great content support great journalism and great uh, sports writing and that is what is happening over there so make sure you're plugged in and subscribe there Uh, you'll be smarter because it's smart writing Um, there you go Podcast at gmail.com email me mailbag any questions you have for me you can find me there and uh yeah tweet at me chase double underscore thomas like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh if you like the program and you have not already done so and you're an apple podcast listener or a spotify listener please make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on either of those platforms it helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to Bro. All right, new episodes coming out tomorrow. Watch out for that. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.